from Relay FM. This is Virtual Episode Number Twenty Eight. Today's show is brought to you by our friends over at Squarespace. Build it beautiful. My name is Mike Hurley, and I am joined, as always, by my partner in crime, Mr. Federico Vitici. Hi, Federico. Buonasera, Mike. Ah, oh, buonasera, Federico. Hello, hello. How are you? I'm doing very well, thank you. How are you? Yeah, I'm excited. We've got a good show today. We have uh, we we have an interview coming up later on in the show with uh, Ryan Cash, who's one of the people behind uh, Alto's Adventure, which is our new our new jam. I'm playing that game so much, like yeah. so much. I think there's stats yeah. in the game somewhere. Let me see if it tells you. One how of, I can play Ryan is one of the people who are ruining our lives. Yeah, in a good way, in a good way, in a great way, actually. In it's one of the game. best possible ways, but still. Uh, well, I've traveled uh, 970,956 meters in the game. So for our American listeners, uh, that's the same distance from Detroit to um, San Francisco, uh, I think. <laughs> okay, <laughs> we'll go with that. that <laughs> according, to, according to my calculations, that's, uh, that's about right. Yeah, that's a lot of travel. It's like, a lot of travel. <laughs> <laughs> you know? Uh, so. We're going to talk about that in a bit, but we have uh, we do have uh, some links and a little bit of follow up before. Um, basically, I think every single listener of the show <laughs> wrote yes. in uh, to tell us about uh, a little bit about uh, Majora's Mask and the fact that there are different um, different ocarina songs that you can play that slow and slow down and speed up time, uh, and how much they can help you in the game. And basically, it's if you play... Uh, this is maybe a spoiler, but I'll get into why it maybe isn't a spoiler. But um, apparently, if you play the Song of Time in reverse, uh, it will it will reverse time for you. So you can, like, if you're in dungeons, it gives you more time to complete them. Uh, and then to one person, I was like, oh, I haven't come across this yet. And they were like, well, apparently, this a couple of people said to me, "Is like, you don't? Like the game doesn't tell you this; you have to work it out for yourself. Mm, yeah, one of one of those things that you just have to know. Yeah, so that, that there's a space cool. in the songbook, which is probably the indication that there are songs that you need to learn. But this is one yeah. of those things that apparently you play it backwards. I haven't actually played uh, any Majora's Mask this week, Federico. I don't know if you have. Just a little bit. I've been playing Alto's Adventure. <laughs> yeah, me too. Actually, that's been my game of choice this week. Yeah. Yeah, um, we we go through these cycles. When yeah. a new game comes out, we just obsess over the game, and then we catch up on the other games. Uh, <laughs> I also the next I, week, and we're going to talk about this in a minute. But I already know what's happening to me next week. Oh yes. <laughs> so while we're doing the follow up, uh, I feel like we need Steven's voice to properly announce the follow up. But anyway, I have just a quick follow up in relation to Connected, our, our other show. We launched, actually, I decided to launch a little competition with our Twitter followers and listeners to guess my second name, my middle name, actually, uh, my Italian middle name. So for people who also happen to listen to Virtual, uh, I need to clarify uh, something. I said on Connected that my middle name was embarrassing. I feel like some people are getting that uh, embarrassment uh, idea kind of wrong. It's an embarrassing middle name because I said it's a classic name, okay? So by classic name, I mean a name that you, as it, as an Italian, I wouldn't typically give to my son. Uh, it's a very old <laughs> and classic in the sense of uh, old age kind of name. 
And because a lot of people are saying, your middle name is Benito. <laughs> so it's not Benito, uh, my middle name, thankfully. Uh, it's not embarrassing from a, a historical perspective. Um, it's, a, it's embarrassing because it's an old name. It's, it's, like you wouldn't call a kid this. When you say no. old, I want to see if I can try and get some, yes. some clues for the, for the virtualist. Yes. Do you mean like classical or do you classical? Classical. Old. Oh, right. Okay. Yeah, I wouldn't. I wouldn't name my my kid with this kind of name, uh, and not even a middle name. Um, I'm gonna. I'm gonna take a guess, and I've not actually taken a guess yet. Okay. I won't tell you if it is. But is it Achilles? Take... No, that's my dog's name. Ah, <laughs> oh, damn it! That's how it came into my head. That's how it came into um, my head. But that's so. Yes, I'm going down now. That kind of classical. Yes, that kind of classical. And right. it's so embarrassing, not because I'm ashamed of this name, it's just because it's an old name that you don't hear it as associated to young people. Right. This is an embarrassing name because you wouldn't want anybody to call you. No, <laughs> no, no, not at all. And when I, when I tell it to my friends, it happened maybe a couple of times, they just burst out laughing at me. So <laughs> it's right. embarrassing in that sense. So that's 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 a really good clue because now I would say it's something from like, you know, the Greek classics or something. No, like classical don't texts. limit yourself to Greek, but no, yes, but like from of that classics. idea it's the it's the classical texts. And it's an Italian name, so just n- not and not any more clues from me. Mm. Okay, should we move on to links, Mike? With just a couple of sweet, sweet links this week. <laughs> a couple of sweet, sweet links. This is maybe the best news I've had so far this year. Wow. Um, Ollie really? Ollie 2 <laughs> is out next week. I mean, because they, I didn't think it was coming out before Not a Hero. Yeah. Yeah, um, true. So Ollie Ollie 2, welcome to Hollywood, uh, is going to be out on PS4, PS Vita. Uh, on March the third in in the US and March the fourth in Europe, um, I feel like something's happened here because this really came out of the blue. I feel like maybe PlayStation have given them a, you know, we'll give you this we'll a friendly you this. reminder. <laughs> you know, like the they've game. nudged them and like we would quite like it if the game came out now. Uh, mm-hmm. Because it really came out of the blue for a game to be re- like, because they've been putting like teasers and stuff up, and now it's like next week, and it's like, oh, is okay. This, do you think this is a good sign, a worrying sign? Uh, I, I mean, I, I think it'd be worrying. I mean, I guess worrying maybe from a bug perspective, but mm-hmm. um, I think it's a good sign because I don't think I think this has come from PlayStation, so I think it's probably really good for Roll Seven, the developer. Because uh, I expect that there's something to do with this. Why PlayStation wanted to launch when it when it's going to launch? Um, for me, though, I mean, I'm I'm thrilled. I'm so excited. Uh, I've been waiting for this game. Uh, Oli Oli was like was like my game of the year. Like, it j- just loved loved that game so much. Uh, and I'm I cannot cannot wait to to yeah, get my hands on Oli too because it's like better in every single way. I'm so excited yeah. for it. It's one of those games that really only makes sense on a physical console uh, because of the control scheme. Yeah. I mean, it wouldn't really be possible on an iOS device with all the combos and like the level of mastery of the controls that you need to develop while playing the game. So yes, super excited. Yep, and Oli I think Oli too. there is some form of multiplayer. I think it is getting online multiplayer, but not like straight away. Uh, hmm. That, if I'm remembering that correctly, there is local multiplayer. Um, because basically, uh, Steve from Isometric uh, has, has challenged me 
and uh, we're going to have to answer the challenge, Federico. So uh, I feel like this could be a war between us and them. Between shows, a uh-huh. war between shows over Oli Oli, because oh. we would we would definitely we would definitely win that one. It's yeah, no, I mean, no question. hands down. We're... No hands down. So I hope that there is some form of some way that we're able to play and maybe Twitch stream it or something. I think it'd be a lot of fun. Um, and uh, everybody can see how badly we'll beat the isometric team. I'm surprised, Mike, that you know that I bought a new TV and you didn't make a joke yet about me still not having a PS4. Well, I think at this point it just makes me sad. Uh, <laughs> wow. <laughs> more than you anything. feel sad for me? Why don't you have it? Uh, because money, you know, one thing at a time. I told you I want a better TV before the PS4, so now I got the better TV, which I'm setting up. Today, super confusing. Did you know that on, on a Samsung TV, you need to uh, create a Samsung account? That doesn't make any sense. What is a... Sa- basically, you Why? have... So, okay, let me get the remote. Okay. Uh, there's this crazy remote, and there's a, a smart TV uh, button in the middle of the remote. So you press this button, and you open the smart hub menu, where you get apps for the TV. So I got a bunch of Italian apps, like from uh, television networks, but also stuff like Twitch and YouTube. Um, So I wanted to, you know, just start by downloading YouTube. And basically, it kept saying, this is just before the show, so I I didn't try any other methods. It kept saying, unable to download. And I went into the the settings of the Samsung uh, TV, and it said, you need to create a Samsung account. And it wanted, so it, uh, I, I clicked OK, and it opened like a built-in web page on the TV, uh, wanting me to create a login with the remote, passwords and emails with the remote, with an on-screen keyboard. So I think I'm just going to try to find if there's a real website, if I can do that from a computer, and then I'll be able to fully enjoy my TV. And I promise you, uh, next is the PS4, which goes beyond the TV, on top of this fancy IKEA uh, kind of closet with with the top surface that I bought, which I'm dedicating exclu- exclusively to the TV and the PS4 and the Wii U, which I'm moving from the kitchen to the bedroom because of the TV. This is my first. I'm super excited, Mike. This is my first full HD TV. Never had a, a, a 1080p TV myself, so and what? I'm 26 in 2015. What were you so. playing on before then? Uh, a really awful Chinese TV that I bought for like a hundred euros a couple of years ago, and it was HD ready. So uh, it was like 720p. Yes, yeah. super. The colors are so bad. Washed well, out. I, before my a, new TV, small TV. I had a like a 23 inch 720p HD. Yeah. Now, now it's like 1080. This one that I got, I really like this TV. Actually, the Samsung TV I got. Samsung make really good TVs. Yeah, yeah, they make they make good um good displays. I also I didn't know this, so I bought the TV. I was like, oh yeah, I'm gonna I'm gonna connect it to to the to my local Wi-Fi, and I'm gonna show to Sylvia, my girlfriend, all the cool apps because I insisted that I wanted this specific model because of the apps. Um, I'm really surprised so- that you you you. We're interested in the smart TV features. I hate them, yeah. but oh yeah, it's just frustrating. Uh, I the was under the terrible, impression but... that that it's a cool thing to have. Yeah, yeah. I, I guess it's terrible. It's still cool because you're better off getting something like, you know, one of the boxes or one of the sticks and plugging those in. 
Well, I got the Chromecast. Oh, you're, you're telling people. <laughs> tell them. Okay, so we're, we're saving this for for connected. Yeah. Um, uh, I don't know. I just I just <laughs> I just wanted to try the smart TV. So I bought the TV. I brought it home, and I needed a, a, a wired connection, and oh. I don't have a, a long enough cable to to get to the to the to the modem. It won't, uh, so it won't connect via Wi-Fi. No, no. So I had to buy a stick from Samsung that's 60 euros, a Wi-Fi adapter. Federica, why are you doing this? You're going to be so upset. Like, the smart TV stuff is terrible. Yeah, but let me be upset with an excuse, at least. (laughs) (laughs) I need a reason to be upset. But, like, the Chromecast is going to give you a much better YouTube experience. Yeah, but I need to know what I'm talking about. You know how I'm like. Even if something point. sucks, I need to know for a fact. Yeah, no, no, you're right. You you, mm. you will only believe it <laughs> if you experience it. Soon. Like uh, like what's a what's a like Saint Thomas? Uh, I only believe it if I can see it from the, from the the gospel. I don't know. This is wow. my my classical studies. Yeah. Oh, um, you consider that? So, are we talking a biblical middle name? <laughs> no, not me. Oh, come on, not biblical. <laughs> <laughs> okay, so not biblical. Okay. Oh, Mike. Anyway, offline Miami too. Uh, yeah, so we so we've got another another great uh, game coming out really soon. Hotline Miami two is launching on March tenth. See, this is what I actually think because then PlayStation had this this blog post out which they released with the next game that we're going to talk about in a moment. They've got like eight weeks, eight new games. I I think that that's why Oli Oli Two is coming out now. They're they're putting a, sh- a spotlight on the indie games at spring. Mm-hmm. Um, so I think that that kind of pushed it. But yeah, Hotline Miami Two. Uh, I've been waiting for this game for a while. I know that it, it's received quite a lot of negative press for its violence, but yeah. um. I, I did really enjoy the first one. It was incredibly difficult. I've I've never really got more than like a third of the way through it, but I'm it's looking forward so to playing hard. it. It's so like, hard, but I, I'm I'm looking forward to the new one. But yeah, I mean, it's as a, we speak, Federico. It's a it's a violent game. It's a very much a violent game, but it's also I wouldn't call it a shooter because it's more of a top down puzzle game if you think about it like you need to i mean it's an action game yeah it's more stealth and puzzle than than shooting like yeah that there is there's like things that you have to do to you know you kill people and stuff but you're you're kind of you have to stay out of their way for most of the time you know and it's it's Mm -hmm. like a sort like how you would play metal gear solid but with more more violence yeah tell me about this other indie game coming to ps4 and vita this is a surprise i actually didn't notice this happening but um on April twenty twenty first, uh, Shovel Knight is going to be coming to PS four, Vita, and PS three. I didn't awesome. know that that was even a thing. That As was happen. if we needed this game on more platforms. I mean, you bought like a copy everywhere. Yeah, I'm not going to buy it on on the PlayStation. Okay, because uh, it okay. just doesn't make sense to me anymore. I have you already have it in three different places. <laughs> Three copies of the game. Uh, well, you you that's awesome because you support the developers. Yeah. So. Yeah, but what's uh, what's the show where we interviewed uh, the Shovel Knight developer? Uh, the number of the show twelve, maybe. I'll find it. I'll put it. I'll put it in the show notes. Um, where are the sh- what are the show notes? Tell me about these show notes. They what's, are a, what's a show note? A, a handcrafted, curated <laughs> selection of the finest links uh, in respect to this uh, video game podcast of which we create. And if you would like to find them, you can scroll through your application of choice of which you choose to listen to this show, and you will find them. Or you can go to relay.fm/virtual/28. 
Yeah, that definitely was on virtual, that, that episode. Um, virtual episode number eight, Shovel eight. Knight with David D'Angelo. Awesome. So there you go. People can Thank listen you. to that if they want to. Um, so I think that that actually comes to the end of the links and, and such uh, for today. So we should probably... Should we, should we get to our interview with, with Mr. Ryan Cash? Yes. Before we do that, though, Federico, um, let me thank our sponsor for this week's episode of Virtual, and that is our friends over at Squarespace. Squarespace, they are the all-in-one platform that makes it fast and easy to create your own professional website, portfolio, and online store. For a free trial and 10% off, visit squarespace.com and enter the offer code insert coin at checkout. Squarespace, build it beautiful. When it comes to giving yourself a place on the internet, there's nowhere better than Squarespace. They put all of the power that you need right into the palm of your hands and take away the things that you don't want to have to worry about, like hosting, scaling, or what to do if you get stuck with something. They just look after it all for you. They make it as amazing and perfect as it could be. Squarespace have beautiful templates. They're really clean, simple. They look great. They don't look like they've just come off the shelf because you can go in and you can customize them to your heart's content. They have... 15 new templates that they added with Squarespace 7, their most recent update. They all feature responsive web design right out of the box, so it's going to look fantastic on any device. They have uh, a partnership with Getty Images, so if you need images for that lovely website that you've created, you can get a great deal on awesome stock photography at just $10 an image. You're not going to find a deal like that anywhere else. They've also uh, introduced a new feature recently called Cover Page. This allows you to create a really great looking single page website or a splash page or an intro page for your full Squarespace site. And you can do so much with those. They're really, really powerful for just a single page website. All of this stuff and, and everything that I've mentioned is backed up by Squarespace's fantastic support team. They have live 24-7 support with live chat and email. They have uh, teams located in New York, Dublin, and Portland who are there to help you all day and all night. Whatever you need, they can help you out. They have their commerce platform, which allows you to add a store to your Squarespace site. They have rock-solid, fast hosting, and so much more. We love Squarespace. They've been a great supporter of this show and Relay FM. And if you're thinking about a web project of your own, you should go and try them out. You can sign up for a free trial right now with no credit card required and start building a website today by going to squarespace.com. And when you decide to sign up, make sure that you use the offer code insertcoin, all one word, to get 10% off your first purchase and show your support for this show. Thank you so much to Squarespace for continuing to help us out. That's Squarespace. Build it beautiful. So I'm so uh, pleased to welcome with us, we have uh, Ryan Cash with us today, who is the founder of Built by Snowman, who are the team behind Alto's Adventure. Ryan, thank you so much for joining us on Virtual this week. Yeah, thanks for having me. It's been a, it's a pleasure to be here. So we spoke about Alto's Adventure last week um, on the show, and uh, Federico then, I believe, got in touch with you to, to come on, because we're obsessed with the game. Right? <laughs> like, <laughs> That's uh, awesome. I think I've played it every day and I'm it's one of those games and we'll talk about this more in a bit but it's it's one of those iPhone games that you've made which is like you can play it for a minute or you can play it for an hour and I've done that multiple times. We've kind of designed it with um different play sessions in mind and also just different ways you can approach playing the game but I guess we can get into that later. So I have a like a, a bunch of things that, that I want to ask you, and I think me and Federico mm -hmm. both have some questions, and we'll kind sure. of just run through those. I think if that works for you, yeah, that's perfect. So where did where did the idea for the game come from, and like do do you have like a background in video games? Uh, 
no. So I guess the idea came when, uh, so I guess when I grew up, uh, when I was younger, I was really big into video games for a while. And Jordan Rosenberg, the guy who I started Snowman with, we, we've been friends since we were four years old. So we grew up playing video games together. Um, I wouldn't say we were like the most obsessed with video games compared to maybe some other people, but we were, it was definitely a, a huge part of our childhood. And uh, we also grew up skateboarding together and then later got into snowboarding. Um, but we, I would say we both took, I don't know, like a six, seven year hiatus from video games for a while. Um, when I was working at Market Circle, for example, when I started there, I sort of decided that video games weren't important and, you know, I wanted to focus on growing up and my career and being an adult and, you know, video games are for kids kind of thing. Um, so I, I wasn't really into them for a while. And uh, when we started Snowman and we made Checkmark, uh, after that app came out, we ended up making Circles, which was our the first, I guess, game we've made. Uh, not that it's like a full-fledged video game in the same way Alto is, but uh, that was sort of my first step back into the environment. But even still, I, I really hadn't gotten back into gaming as a player. Uh, so the way that happened was uh, one day Jordan just sort of got hooked on Tiny Wings. And this wasn't really right when Tiny Wings came out. I had already you know, heard about it and saw a couple people in my office playing it back when I was there. But uh, Jordan just, you know, he couldn't stop playing Tiny Wings and he was obsessed with it and he, he showed it to me and finally convinced me to download it. And I think at the time the only game I had on my phone was Letterpress. So uh, I never actually got hooked on Tiny Wings myself. I found the gameplay a little frustrating, but uh, it was really inspiring to see how someone, you know, made something so different than everything else that I had seen in the App Store. Uh, again, I wasn't really a gamer myself, but anytime I see, had seen someone playing a game on their phone, it was like kind of cartoony and just not like a, a magical and creative sort of experience like Tiny Wings was. So that's what kind of really inspired me. And then uh, from there, like Jordan and I had just been talking like, you know, maybe we should make a much bigger game than Circles. Um, and we were just throwing around ideas and just kind of talking about things we were interested in ourselves and, you know, the kind of games we like to play ourselves. So obviously we weren't going to make like a first person shooter like Counter-Strike, which we were both, you know, super addicted to when we were in high school. Um, so we were, you know, tossing up different ideas and we we're both really into skateboarding and snowboarding. And uh, snowboarding just seemed like a sort of, not logical choice, but uh, a, an idea that was interesting to the two of us. Um, but we, we definitely didn't want to make anything. The other reason snowboarding was interesting to us is because there just never seemed to be a snowboarding game in the App Store that really stood out. Um, like, we, we both asked each other, like, do you know of any snowboarding games in the App Store? And the answer was, I'm sure there are hundreds, but there's not one that really ever stood out to us. So we, we played a whole bunch of them, and they just, you know, didn't do it for us at all. So... I had, uh, in my head, I sort of had Harry in mind, who did the art and also the development for Alto. Uh, I just had his sort of artwork style was in the back of my head for some reason, and I just sort of thought, like, if Harry could do the art for this game, I think it would be the perfect blend of what we want to do and um, visually what we want to achieve. 
And so we reached out to Harry and he was interested and that's sort of how we got started. How was shifting from productivity apps from Checkmark, for instance, and your previous background at Market Circle doing productivity and business kind of software mm -hmm. to making a game? What were the challenges involved from moving from one kind of mindset of yeah. making utilities for people who want to get work done to making a game for people who want to be entertained? Sure, sure. Uh, so I find them, uh, they're very different processes. Um, and in some ways, you know, productivity apps are easier and in other ways, games are kind of easier. And um, for me, like when I'm designing like a, a productivity app, like, you know, Checkmark or Shifts or even approaching things back at Market Circle, even though I wasn't designing them, just, you know, working on them and stuff. It's, it's very logical. It's like, okay, um, for example, when Checkmark came to be, it was location-based reminders took 11 different steps on in Apple's reminders app and I was figuring out like okay how can I get this down to a fewer manner of steps and I figured out a way to do it in three and then it's just sort of like logical okay like what are the features people need um, how am I gonna lay it out and then it's a matter of figuring that all out so it's you know the fewest amount of steps and the UI makes sense and the features are there that people want whereas with a game you're kind of, it's kind of limitless what you can do. And in some ways that makes it easier because, you know, people don't have feature requests. There's nothing you have to do that people are expecting. Uh, but because it's limitless, it can be hard to, it's harder to figure out things to do and you never know when you're done. And it's just, yeah, it's a totally different process. But I, I would say I enjoy making games a lot more. It's more creative and it's more, enjoyable it's more exciting um, but in some ways it can be a little more frustrating and definitely more time consuming I would say. Was it difficult to to imagine the kind of uh, fun that you wanted other people to experience and I'm, I'm wondering if it ever occurred to you that maybe okay this game is fun for me but will it be fun for others did you ever have those kinds of questions and concerns? Uh, sure um, that was definitely uh, very important. And one thing we decided, uh, like we didn't just want to make a game that looked great, um, sounded great or whatever, was pretty to look at. We wanted to make something that people enjoyed playing and, and not just, you know, oh, this game's kind of fun, but like I want to play this game for hours and I want to play it tomorrow and I want to play it the next day. Um, so that was, that was definitely like our, I would say our number one priority was making something that was fun. And part of the reason behind that is um, with other apps, for example, when we made Circles, I saw firsthand kind of just how sort of not fun it was. And I mean, I think Circles is a really cool game. It was a fun experiment and it, it has a sort of a time and a place. But the, the example that I always give is my sister was visiting. She lives in Germany and... Uh, she was over and I had my iPad out and this was like, I think the first time we got a beta of Circles or shortly after that and I said, hey Melissa, um, this is Circles, like I'd, I'd already told her about it and I said, hey, play the game for a little bit, I'm going to have a shower and uh, when I get out, like, let me know what you think. So I had a shower and, you know, it wasn't a long shower, it was like 10 minutes or something and when I, by the time I got out of the shower, she was already playing Cut the Rope. And not only was she playing Cut the Rope, but she had also, I checked the multitasking tray and she had already gone to like two or three other apps. So what that told me was 
if my own sister isn't playing it just to even humor me, you know, how can I expect other people to play it? Um, and I mean, she said, oh, you know, your game's cool, but it wasn't enough to have her play it for even 10 minutes. Um, and so when we were in the early stages of Alto, one of the most important things was, you know, do people actually want to play it or are they just playing it because they're our friends or whatever? So we'd often have people over and uh, even early on when Alto, you know, we didn't have the time of day changing, we didn't even have grinding implemented, there were no goals or objectives in the game. It was like very bare bones, but we still had, you know, if there are two people over, they were fighting over the iPad for who could play or, you know, saying I'm playing next or what's your score and people asking us if they could help beta test it. So early on we had, we were kind of pretty confident that we were building something that was pretty fun. And then from there we just tried to figure out as many ways as possible to sort of increase that, that fun factor and the desire to come back to the game. Uh, and this is sort of what I was mentioning very early on is we wanted to build or we wanted to build in different ways you could approach the game. So, uh, one of the ways you can play the game is to beat all the different objectives. And as you beat the objectives, you unlock new characters. So uh, you could play because you want to beat objectives. Uh, we have the characters in there, so they, you know, the game is different as you go, so it doesn't get old too quickly. Um, but you can also play it with Game Center against your friends just for high score, so you don't have to necessarily be trying to beat objectives. And then another way you can play the game is just kind of to relax and to just sort of take in the scenery, listen to the music, and uh, it sort of just feels good to play it. And we we really kind of worked hard to make sure that there was more than one way you could approach the game, uh, whereas I guess other games may not necessarily have those different approaches, uh, if that makes sense. Yeah, I think... The the way that comes across is I've I've never played a game uh before where I have felt both equally calm and stressed. Like <laughs> so like the the game is very, very calming uh to play in the way that it looks and sounds and, and the way that the actions are. But at the same time, like then all of a sudden I realize that I'm like eighty five percent towards a goal that I want and then it's like super stressed and then it I, gets you know. <laughs> Yeah, get yeah, serious <laughs> for sure, for sure. Um, yeah, and we throughout like development, we like uh, sorry. So after I sort of took this hiatus from gaming, when we started working on this, I I kind of just went, you know, head deep into it, and I I played every game that ever came out almost uh, just to sort of soak up what other people were doing well and what I thought could be improved and stuff. So games came out during our development process where we had already made most of our decisions, but. Uh, it was cool to play different games and see sort of how they feel and the kind of emotions they, they give off. Like, for example, Flappy Bird uh, is like super, super frustrating. And I think that's part of the reason why it's so addictive and, you you know, you keep coming back to it. Um, and I, I really like it and totally respect it and everything. But it was we didn't want it to be that sort of stressful. Uh, we wanted it to be something that you could also just enjoy and uh, like playing Monument Valley, um, you know, you didn't have to rush through a level. You could just sort of take in the scenery and and enjoy it. Um, but it could get a little stressful if you you know if you couldn't solve the puzzle or something like that. Um, or even like threes, the way you know the music. I mean, like threes, if it was very bare bones, 
I guess like the 2048 ripoff, for example, it just wouldn't have as much appeal to it. Not sorry, not that not that it doesn't have a, the appeal, but just the fact that they've added the music and like the fun little character faces and stuff like that. Um, those little touches just kind of make it a more enjoyable experience than yeah. it already is. Um, yeah. You mentioned about the fact that the, the uh, Altars Adventure has characters in it. There are different characters that you can play that you unlock um, mm-hmm. after a- achieving certain goals in the game. Um, unlockable characters, and also the, there are uh, things that you can purchase with coins that you collect in the game. These yeah. are both tropes now that are attached to in-app purchases, um, and sure. that's becoming a more and more prevalent thing for people to do to go free, and then they will charge for these for the things that you know you you can unlock for free in the game just by playing. Mm-hmm. Why did you decide to go uh, with just a pay it up front route just... with no in-app purchase? Right. So uh, early on, like we when we started working on the game, we didn't really have a sort of monetization plan figured out. And there was definitely a discussion of, of freemium just because I think when we started, which was just over two years ago, freemium was kind of really blowing up and, you know, it was the big thing. So we, we talked about it, but ultimately we decided sort of that we never wanted to do anything that we ourselves wouldn't enjoy. And that's not to say freemium can't be done well. I think Crossy Road uh, or Two Dots, for example, are both... Uh, great freemium games that don't really bother me in any way. Um, but we we wanted to just build something that was like sort of back to the basics of gaming. And I think when uh, Ridiculous Fishing came out, I saw that they sort of had those uh, traditional... Um, I, not that Ridiculous Fishing is exactly an endless runner, but they had that sort of mechanic in there where you you earn money and you have to buy things and upgrade things. And they did it without in-app purchases, and I thought, you know, that's cool. And even console games like Far Cry 4, for example, you, as you play, you earn money and you can upgrade your weapons and stuff like that, but there's no need for uh, in-app purchases. So we, we just decided not to do it, and it was uh, when Monument Valley and 3s came out last year and kind of kicked up this huge indie game storm where... They, they sort of prove that you can do it in this day and age and that you can make a business out of it. We, we just, that gave us the confidence to kind of stick to that decision and, you know, keep it like that. I mean, we know that we could, you know, we could throw in a, a crazy wizard or something in the game right now and try, sell it for 99 cents and people will buy it. Um, but it just doesn't sit right with us. How did you balance uh, the creation of multiple characters and items? How did you come up with uh, the ideas of having multiple characters and featuring, you know, different uh, skills and, 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 you know, mm-hmm. the abilities to, to jump and grind differently? How did you uh, process all that differences? Uh, that's, I guess that's one of those questions that's a little hard to answer because it's sort of, it just kind of happened through discussion and, you know, uh, our imaginations and you know there's as we're playing you know or we're playing something else or we're just you know living our lives we have ideas for things and we would discuss them and it having new characters was just kind of an idea that I, I don't remember even how it came up but we decided yeah that would be really cool and you know if we have time for it it would be awesome and then uh, as we kind of worked at it we so Harry had uh, created a sketch of these different characters 
just completely on his own. He just, you know, he sort of sketched out some personalities and what they would all look like. And it, it sounded pretty spot on just right from the, the first concept of it. And then from there, we just kind of figured out, okay, like what would be the logical order of them? Uh, how can we tie that into the game that makes sense? So we figured, okay, you beat objectives, and as you beat the different goals and progress through the levels, you could unlock characters. So that gives people something to work towards and also rewards you for, for making that progress. Um, and then in terms of just fine-tuning them and stuff, we, you know, we had a few different iterations where, okay, the guy's flipping too fast or too slow, or we need to add more momentum to this character. And... Uh, it was just sort of a, a thing we, we worked on as we went. Um, yeah, and then the idea for the wingsuit uh, just sort of came up because uh, I'm fascinated with wingsuiting in, in general. Like, I'm always watching those YouTube videos by Red Bull and those kinds of things where people are wingsuit flying and they're flying close and in between different objects. And it's one of those things that I think would be probably the most fun you can have as a human being. Uh, or at least in the top five, you know, things you could do, but something that I know I'll never do because, you know, I'm scared shitless to do that. So <laughs> I was like, okay, I'll never, I'll never do this. So, you know, how can we put this in a game so that I can, you know, experience it even virtually, even though it's not, you know, like a simulator, but uh, it's just something we thought was really cool. So we all watched uh, the documentary Birdmen. It was on Netflix. I'm not sure if it's still there. Um, and yeah, it's just like something I'm fascinated with and we thought it'd be a cool addition to the game. Now, one of the things that happens in the game is the change from day to night and there's also weather changes as well, like climate changes that happen during the game. Mm -hmm. um, are these for stylistic reasons or are they intended to make the game more difficult the more you play through? Sure. They're not, yeah, they, they were never really designed to increase the difficulty. Um, they... They were more just there to be uh, to enhance the overall experience of the game, and so that, I guess there's two ways of looking at that. Like one, we just we wanted to make it beautiful. We wanted to really let you feel like you were on the mountain, and you know, the passage of time and the different weather is is what happens when you're out there. Like uh, Jordan and I grew up going camping a lot, and you never know what you're gonna run into out in the in the wilderness. So. It was just sort of part of, you know, it, it almost was obvious, like, you know, if you're snowboarding, like, the, you know, the day goes on and, you know, it could start snowing. Um, it doesn't usually rain when you're snowboarding, but, um, you know, it could if it was, you know, springtime or something. So we, those things were almost like an obvious thing to put in there. Um, and then at the same time, when thinking about it from like a sort of practical game design point of view, um, Subway Surfers, for example, was a runner that I got really into once I started doing all this research. And I, I really enjoyed that game, and I was kind of obsessed with it for a little while. Um, and then what they would do is they would have an update where it would be the game would take place in a different city. But it was just basically like a skin for the most part, and you know nothing really changed. And even as you were playing in the level, it only ever felt like there were like four or five different areas in the game. And it started getting really predictable, and just visually it was, you know, after a while, it just looks like you're staring at the same thing over and over again. So we spent a lot of time figuring out different ways to have variety, um, 
not just in the way it looks, but also in the way it, it rides and it feels. So that's why we have so much, uh, so many different types of terrain, the different areas like the forests, the ruins, the villages, uh, just the snowy areas. And then so by having all these different areas and then also having the different lighting conditions and weather and also various degrees of weather, like it can be lightly snowing or snowing hard. There could be a little bit of fog at the same time or there could be no fog or uh, a ton of fog. So we we just wanted to make it so that it was kind of as dynamic and different as possible so that, you know, you don't get sick of staring at the same thing. <laughs> and I, I, the music kind of ties into that as well. Um, I mean, we only have the one song and it's not very long. It's, I think, four or five minutes long. But we wanted it to sort of enhance the experience and not just be like one of those jingles you can't get out of your head that you sort of like but sort of hate and you know we just wanted to all try to work together and you know feel good what were the challenges in setting up the gameplay mechanics and the way that you control the character just by tapping on the screen and long tapping to do a backflip how did you approach designing a game for uh, multi-touch and for uh, touch devices? Um, so one thing we, we were really adamant about avoiding was um, overly complex controls. Uh, so we played a whole bunch of snowboarding games uh, and other runners, and there were games with like on-screen buttons, like they would have like a D-pad, um, and we just felt that it was it was too confusing and it also doesn't look great. Like I don't like having on-screen controls actually there, even though you can hide them. Um, so we, we definitely didn't want to do that. And then we, we played a lot of different games and were sort of inspired in different ways. Uh, we definitely played quite a bit of Ski Safari and Ski Safari just, they felt like they did, I felt like they did a really good job with the gameplay controls and it, it felt great. And, and same with Tiny Wings, just very simple and, uh, but enjoyable. And I mean, we, we experimented and, and had different ideas on how we could incorporate gestures and, uh, you know, things like that, but it, it just didn't feel as, as good. And we, instead of spending a ton of time on that, we focused on our time on other things. How were you expecting the game to perform? Did you have expectations or goals that you wanted to, to meet for sort of sales? Uh, yeah, definitely. Um, so being like by far the, the biggest project I've ever worked on, um, we had pretty high expectations. And uh, I guess I'm happy to say we, we met and probably exceeded our expectations. Um, we... You know, I, I had I always have high expectations, but I've sort of learned over the years with the other apps that we've launched, you know, not to always expect like when we were working on Checkmark One, I was like, you know, this app's gonna explode, we're gonna make millions of dollars, and that was pretty naive of me of thinking that way. And that wasn't why we made the app, but it was, you know, I thought it was just gonna do really well. But for for Alto, um, you know, it's it was still scary, you know, sometimes I do a lot of my thinking in the shower. So sometimes I'd be in the shower and I'd, you know, be very confident in it. I'd be like, yeah, this game's going to kill it. Everyone who we talk to and who's beta testing it loves it. Um, it's the only game that, like, I've worked on that I play all the time still. Like, you never see me playing circles in my bed at night. 
And so like, I felt really positive about it, but then, you know, other times we would, I would have the sort of opposite thinking where, what if it fails? What if no one likes it? Um, but, uh, yeah, we, we set pretty high expectations for ourselves and I think we've met a lot of those. And I mean, it's, I've never had a crazier two weeks in my life, just (laughs) the amount of emails and Twitter notifications and phone calls and Skype meetings and all kinds of stuff. And we're headed to GDC next week, actually. Um, fantastic. Awesome. Yes. Which I've never been to. So I'm looking forward to that. And we'll get to meet a lot of other game developers that we know and we'll also get to meet with different companies and just the amount of things that have been coming our way has just been crazy like when we released our trailer within like an hour or two someone from amazon contacted us and said you know we want you to bring this game on our to our platform and they sent us you know fire tv and a tablet and this was before our game even came out so yeah i've heard they do that to quite uh, to any yeah. game that looks really good on ios they're like we'll have that too please <laughs> yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah they're not shy about that <laughs> no no and it, i guess it makes sense but yeah. yeah we've just never seen this sort of uh thing happen before with any of our other products and so i would say it's exceeded our expectations in many ways I was really, like, one thing I really, really was kind of gunning for was the editor's choice in the App Store. Um, (laughs) But I had no expectations, and you never know what else is going to come out and what Apple decides is important to highlight and and whatnot. But that was one thing that was a tiny bit of a letdown, but, you know, I'm not going to let it keep me down. What's one detail of the game that you're really proud of, whether people notice or not? Well, I have a really good example for you here. So I was, someone else asked me a similar question, you know, what are examples of little details? And I was talking about a few of them, like the way the lights come on at night in the little village towers and the windmills, um, the way the flags fall off as you grind, the shooting stars that zip across the sky at night. But I was talking to Harry and asking him if he had any examples that could come to mind because, you know, my brain was kind of half functioning on three hours of sleep. And so he mentioned that there are fireflies that fly around the lights at night. And this was just so amazing because I hadn't ever noticed that there were fireflies. (laughs) And this is my own game that we've been working on for two years. Somehow it never came up in discussion. And the fact that I didn't know there were fireflies in the game after it had already launched and is in the app store was... I, I guess just like the perfect example of how much detail is in the game that isn't just in there for super obvious reasons, but just every little thing working together helps you really feel like you're a part of this sort of magical yet realistic world. So what's next for you guys? Are you planning on, I mean, I'm sure you're getting asked this a lot and I understand if you didn't want to answer, are you thinking about bringing Alto to different platforms now? Are you thinking about new games that you want to work on? Do you want to work on more games? Sure. Um, definitely hard to answer anything concrete here, but we've had a ton of people asking us for different platforms. Um, Android, obviously, and like Windows Phone, Amazon, Desktop, Console, <laughs> uh, Nintendo Wii, PlayStation Vita. <laughs> And like (laughs) some of these things, like I've never even used, like I've never even used a a PlayStation Vita before. Um, So yeah, it's just, it's a little over our heads at the moment, but that's one of the reasons we're headed to GDC to 
hopefully talk to other developers who have been through this kind of thing and also talk to some different companies that can potentially help us bring it to other platforms. Um, but we do also have a lot of really cool plans and ideas for Alto itself. Um, nothing I want to really announce yet, but we have a lot of neat ideas that, you know, just didn't make it into the launch version. Otherwise, it would have been another two years. So, see, you yeah, actually hopefully... expect, like, so this game is kind of not, this isn't it. Like, there's more that you have planned for, for Alto's um, adventure. Yeah, there's more that we have planned. That's um, great. Without going into too much detail, um, yeah, we have some really cool ideas in mind. Um, we're not short on ideas, that's for sure. Good. Um, that's what we like so to do. I, I think, I think we're gonna, you know, this won't be the last you've seen with Alto. It's not just gonna sit there in the app store and collect dust. Um, so yeah, hopefully we can do a lot of cool things, and we have some other interesting ideas for different games floating around. But for now, I think we just need to figure out how to manage the sort of success we've had so far so that we can, you know, make the most of it and also keep everyone who's playing happy and a reason to come back to the game in the future. Um, we have a few bugs we have to fix that somehow we never, you know, were uncovered during testing, despite having a lot of people helping us. Uh, there's always something that pops up. Yeah. So that's our first priority, get a, a bug fix uh, update into the app store which will hopefully be in the next few days and uh yeah but going forward definitely i, I really hope to work on more games ryan thank you so much for joining us where can people find out more about alto's adventure if they haven't got it already sure well you can visit uh altosadventure.com uh you can visit builtbysnowman.com to see our other apps and there's also a link to the alto site from there and uh, you can check it out in the App Store. Uh, we got a little video there. And you can also watch our trailer, which you can find on the Alto website. Awesome. Thank you so much. Thank cool. you, Ryan. Thanks for having me. Okay, then, Mr. Fatigi, I think that about brings it to the end of this week's episode um, of our lovely video game program. Um, if you'd like to find us on the internet, you can do that in a couple of ways. Don't forget the show notes for this week's episode, which are at relay.fm slash virtual slash 28. If you'd like to find Federico online, he is at Vitici on Twitter, V-I-T-I-C-C-I, and he writes the fantastic MaxStories.net, and I am at iMike, I-M-Y-K-E on Twitter. Uh, virtual is a part of Relay FM. You can find more shows that we do at relay.fm. I think that you will like them very much. Uh, if you've not checked any out, you should. And um, thanks again to Squarespace for sponsoring this week's episode. And we'll be back next time. Until then, say goodbye, Mr. Federico Vitici. Arrivederci.